Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tim Moen Show. Uh, going hard in the paint. This is our fourth episode. And uh, today I wanted to talk about uh, some world events that are going on and, and how to think about them. What's going on in Ukraine? Uh, we have a Russian invasion. We have uh, protests against the war. We have people in favor of supporting Ukrainians saying we need to, to get over there and, and help them out in any way we can with gifts or donations or whatever. And there's a lot of moving pieces to this. So uh, I have my old buddy, Manuel Pascal, on to tell one side of the story here. And this side of the story, of course, Manuel is a um, French-Canadian who is very anti-war. He's never met a war that he liked. He hates them all. And we're <laughs> going to find out today why he hates this Ukraine war and how we should think about it. So welcome, Manuel, to uh, the Tim Mullen Show. Glad to have you on. Thank you, Tim. So what, what, what should... Canadians uh, or just average people know about this war? I mean, here, here's what it looks like if, if I'm reading mainstream media correctly. Russia invaded the Ukraine. Ukraine is under attack. Russia is trying to assimilate them. And Ukraine wants it, just wants its independence. And so they're fighting tooth and nail. And we ought to, we ought to fight them. We, we ought to help them by God against this evil Russian menace that has invaded them. Is is this not correct or what, what's wrong with this narrative? <laughs> uh, first of all, if I can say there's a quote uh, who said, uh, I don't know who, but uh, that, uh, uh, that war, uh, the, war the, the war propaganda is probably the worst propaganda of all. Uh, if history proves us anything, it's that. Of course, we always know it after the war right. but if we look at all the previous war of the last uh, two centuries at the time what the propaganda what the propaganda was telling us about uh, why those war were good necessary and justified history always shows after war that it was a lot of lies so mm. uh, they, of course right now there are events that uh we cannot know if it's true or not. Right. Uh, it's obvious that uh, on both sides there there are war crimes and evil acts committed. But if the propaganda is on one side, they will just report the war crime of the other side. They will amplify them and they will shut off the war crime of their own side, which is always what has happened in the past. So. Right, right. Well, and and so let let me kind of give uh, folks out there listening what the libertarian view on war and national defense is. What the kind of traditional libertarian view is, um, you know, the the minarchist view or the the night watchman state or the the you know there, there's essentially I guess four factions of libertarians out there according to Walter Block, who is like a godfather of libertarianism. There are the classical liberals. There are the uh, minarchists. There are the constitutionalists, and there are the anarcho-capitalists. Okay, now I, I fit into the anarcho-capitalist uh, framework, but um, I'm sympathetic to all the other views. I think they're they're allies in the in the fight. Now, the the typical um, minarchist view, or or the view that um, the state has one job, and that is to protect uh, the individuals within its borders 
and that includes uh, enforcing property rights and and uh, protecting the the territory from invasion. Mm -hmm. uh, therefore, the military's uh, job is not to go engage in in uh, wars of aggression overseas to say fight some unknown enemy or terrorist or whatever. It's not to go over there. It's to defend the borders from invasions. Yeah. It's not to engage in peacekeeping. It's not to engage in um, nation building. It's not to spread democracy or freedom around the world. It has one job, and that job is to protect our borders from invasion, from uh, an invading army or, or force. Now, um, so therefore, we apply the non-aggression principle, thou shalt not initiate force yeah. to, to nations here. And yeah. we say, thou shalt not initiate force against a nation. Now, from uh, from just an a, a establishment perspective, it does appear that Russia has initiated force against Ukraine, and therefore, Ukraine has every right to defend itself from that invasion. Is that Let's right? look at this. Okay. Uh, in fact, uh, I have... My position rests on two main arguments. Uh, but just before I say that, I always want to do a, a small disclaimer. It's clear that I'm not a supporter of uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, okay. He's a statist, an ex-KGB guy. And, uh, well, and I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said yeah. that because it does seem like a lot of people that are skeptical of what's going on over in Ukraine and you know, let's say the, the U.S. and Canadian uh, industrial military industrial complex support for this war a lot of people that are skeptic are uh against this are actually big fans of putin so i'm glad you distinguished yourself and said Look, no no i'm not a fan of this guy at all he's ex-kgb he's a killer he's one of the worst people one of the problems that uh, when you talk with someone uh a lot of people have a very binary uh, yes. way of thinking. It's either the good or the evil. So, right. so for them, the Ukrainians are the poor, good, innocents, and the Russians are the uh, evil, uh, demo demoniacal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the fact, if, if, if you don't support their position, automatically they, 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 they will say that you, you're on the opposite. For, for example, you know that I'm a World War II revisionist. But for all people, as soon as you say that, they think that you love that you support Hitler and that you're a you fan of the Nazi regime, which yeah. is, which is stupid. But it's it's the same thing again. That's why I have to make a, a small disclaimer. I'm not a fan of Putin, as I said, he's an ex KGB guy, and his regime in Russia is not a libertarian, minarchist right. nation state. And let me ask you this, Manuel: Should Russia have its armies inside Ukrainian borders? I'm coming to that. Okay. Yeah, of course. Uh, also, I want to. I'm not a full expert on the history of Russia and Ukraine. I'm, I'm more specialized on uh, on World War II, but I think I know uh, more than the the average normie on that. Because, sure. uh, but if people want good reference for uh, the the war in Ukraine right now, I would suggest uh, to listen to Ron Paul and to Scott Horton of Anti War. I think they are right. The, right now the two best person you can have a reference uh, to uh, in the libertarian Absolutely. So, so I have two uh, main arguments. My first argument is the moral, the, the, the libertarian moral principle, which is the non-aggression principle and property right. So from that argument, it's very simple. I cannot support anything Russia does because it violates that principle. 
Russia yes. uses conscription, taxation, inflation, censorship, and they have collateral damage. So they kill innocent Ukrainian civilians. It's impossible to support that. But I have to be fair. I have to condemn equally what the, the Ukrainian government has done to the citizen of Crimea and Donbass. Right. It, we have to be fair. In the status paradigm, uh, we, we try to apply, I mean, the, 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 it's not, we're not even the, for that argument. I'm not even in the status paradigm. I'm on the individual level. So the Ukrainian government the, that Putin calls the Kiev regime is committed war crime and evil stuff against first its own citizen by forcing them into conscription. If you're a male in Ukraine, you don't have the right to, 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 to escape the country. You have to stay there and be enslaved into a war. Right. That, that's totally evil. Absolutely. I don't see the difference between those two guys uh, fundamentally. So right. I cannot support morally that. Now, my second argument is in the status paradigm. In the, in the conflict of two nation states, uh, we have to face what are the facts. But as I said, war propaganda is always the worst. So, and we know if, if, if our government and media are against Russia, history will prove if it's like 99% of the previous war that they lied. Right. So, now, uh, Okay, the facts of the status paradigm. But first of all, uh, my conclusion, I will give it right now, is that Russia was provoked by US and NATO. So in the paradigm, I will say that Russia has the moral high ground. Moral high ground doesn't mean that it's morally correct what they do. I just said that in the conflict between, the, in, in the imperialist conflict between, let's say, Russia and US NATO, I am forced to admit that Russia has the moral high ground. The same way I would say that during both world war, Germany had the moral high ground against the ally. Not that I support German imperialism or their war crime, but in the in the in the in the statist paradigm between nation state, uh, someone has the moral high ground, which is maybe the, the kind of lesser evil of the two, the one that was provoked or encircled. All right. Well, so, explain to me what why. Um how nato provoked okay Russia. first of all uh okay, in, the, in the 90s uh the u.s promised russia that nato would not expand east of germany they, right. they did not respect that obviously in 2014 the u.s installed a, pop, a, a puppet regime that was hostile to russia in ukraine uh, I think it was the the, the, the evil woman uh, Victoria Newland that uh, and she she said I think that they, they, they spent billions of dollars to install uh, the, the the regime that uh, is hostile to Russia, which is clearly provocation. Also, the US the US is clearly the most aggressive imperialist uh, power in the world right now. They have uh, I don't know seven or eight hundred military base all over the world, outside of their border. I don't think it's the case of Russia. Uh, so Russia is mostly encircled by U.S. military. And it's not the opposite. Russia, Russia doesn't have any military base around the U.S. Uh, and we all know 
let, let's be honest. If Russia or China would make a military alliance with Canada or Mexico, Canada would have been bombed to ash, I think, for a, since, a, since a long time, we would have been attacked by the U.S., Sure. Never the U.S. would have. In fact, in 1962, when uh, when the Russian installed miss missiles in Cuba, the U.S. freaked out. They didn't like it. They, they, right. they threatened to start a, a, a war. And I can say that in the paradigm, I can understand the U.S. didn't like uh, Russia to install missile in Cuba. But the U.S., well, with their hypocrisy, what they don't tell us is that... Uh, the reason why Russia removed its missile in, in Cuba in 1962 is because the U.S. had agreed to remove its missile in Turkey at the same time. So again, the, the, the U.S. was the one who provoked the thing in the first place. So yes, my, my position in the status paradigm is that uh, Russia was provoked by uh, U.S.-NATO. Uh, and I really think that had U.S. not done all those provocations, Russia would not have invaded Ukraine. Right. So that's my position. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think I take a slightly different or maybe more nuanced position. Um, I, I can't remove agency from Russia here by saying that, um, you know, they had no choice but to say respond to, to provocations by invading Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I think they, they uh, Putin and, and uh, Russia has to be... Uh, you know, held accountable. Mm -hmm. um, at least, or we have to make sure we assign blame to the the proper spot. Okay. Just like, just like, for example, uh, I would agree that um, you know, nine eleven was in in a, a big part. Uh, it, it was blowback for U.S. foreign policy, mm -hmm. right? We had uh, Osama bin Laden. We had the U.S. creating all sorts of enemies, and it was it was largely inevitable that one of these terrorists would blow up, do something like blow up the World Trade Center's fly yeah. planes into them or whatever. Um, that does not excuse or justify what what these bastards did, right? I mean, um, they, they still killed innocent lives. They still have that on their blood. The U.S. is guilty of, of killing innocents over there. Uh, Osama bin Laden and his ilk are guilty of, of uh, destroying innocent lives over here. They're both evil in that sense. And so Russia is evil for invading Ukraine, even given the provocations that the U.S. Has, has, and the, the military industrial complex and NATO has done. So my view is basically this, that NATO has done and the U.S. and Canada, seem, it seems to me they have done everything they can to throw the Ukrainian people under the bus by uh, by provoking, by creating uh, an environment that was likely to result in a Russian invasion. Uh, mm -hmm. That was, you know, you don't you don't go poking bears and expect that they're not going to do anything, right? Eventually, when you poke that bear, tease that bear, do whatever, it's going to rear its ugly head. That bear is still evil, but hey, maybe don't. You know, it's almost it's almost like they wanted this war, like NATO wanted this war. Now, oh, why would why would NATO want this yeah, war? Why would yeah. they want perpetual war? Why would they want a perpetual war well, of terror? Why yeah. would they want what yeah. why would they want to make all sorts of money, Emmanuel? Why would they want to increase their power, Emmanuel? Why why would they, you know? So that's 
kind of my take on this. It's like but, they want this. But clear for me, the, the U.S. is a dying empire. Sure. Uh, the U.S. dollar is dying. I think they need uh, to divert. They need a div something to divert because uh, the inflation we have and that we're going to continue to have, obviously, they need a, a they need someone to put the blame on. They had COVID. Now they have Putin. Okay, right. uh, they're not gonna say, "Oh, we have inflation," you know, because since uh, ninth, since over the since two generation, we print money in order to buy election and to offer so-called free stuff and uh, and have an empire. That's why we have inflation. No, they're not gonna say that. They're gonna need a, a boogeyman like COVID, uh, climate change, or now they have Putin, which I think is 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 the best boogeyman. So. Yeah, uh, the U.S. I think they want. Uh, yeah, they want to feed the military-industrial complex. I think it's it's, it's a racket that uh, uh, that exists for over uh, a, a century. Uh, and I think yeah, the U.S. The, the U.S. also want Russia to be weak because Russia and China are the, I think the the two after the U.S. I think they are the largest possible military power and the US want to be the strongest so they, they, they attack they want to weaken the, their their opponent that's that's an imperial imperialist rivalry and that's what we have when we have a state that's why we have we have, we have to, to 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 fight against statism right. and i just want to come back to something you said uh, that because when when we talk about war we are in the paradigm of the nation state and as libertarian we have to for that we're more in the minarchist uh paradigm than the anarchist yeah so a libert a, 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 a minarchist government that libertarian would support when you say it has to protect the border you're right i agree i agree with that the the, the minarchist government should protect uh the, is its citizen it, the their private property but a, a way to a way uh, a government should better protect their citizens is to not provoke abroad and our government do exactly the contrary it's like world war ii uh people think oh the japanese attacked suddenly pearl harbor in 1941 Ooh, i don't know why oh maybe Maybe it's because the U.S. had put on them an oil embargo uh, and many other things. And, you know, Germany and Japan were small, tiny, industrialized nation with no colonies, with uh, not enough resource probably to be self-sufficient. And everybody around them was having huge empire and doing protectionism in the 1930s. And encircling them, especially Germany. I mean, not supporting uh, Imperial or Japan or Nazi Germany, but I don't think that a minarchist, a libertarian government by, like, say, a Ron Paul or Ro I think it was Robert Taft in the 1940s would have done such provocation. Right. So our government don't protect us. They do exactly the the the, the opposite of protecting us. They they go, as you said, they go poking a bear. Well, right. And, and I mean, this is one of the reasons why, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an anarchist, right? Is because I understand governments are born in conquest and plunder. 
mean, we have all this myth about the creation of government and what its purpose is, but at the end of the day, it's a criminal gang. It does criminal things and we can't expect it to be anything other than criminal. It only can exist yeah. through its criminality, through extorting its people from plundering them, from, from imposing yeah. conquest on them from, you know, and, and everything that emerges from it. Anyways, the reality Right now, in, in, in Ukraine, because objectively, as you know, that the nation state, that the government, it's an abstraction. There's a conflict between U.S. politicians and all their cronies with Russian politicians and all their cronies. And the U.S. have their puppets uh, uh, in, in, with the, they have puppets, uh, uh, the, the Ukrainian and European politicians and their cronies are mostly the puppets. Well, so um, let's talk about that a little bit. So uh, I know uh, maybe you can fill me in a little bit here, but uh, Hunter Biden was working for uh, Burisma, a Ukrainian oil company, as a consultant. Not that he knew anything about oil. About that for me, I saw memes of Hunter Biden that were funny with his uh, with his drug stuff or uh, right. with his laptop. But uh, okay, so you don't I'm know not anything surprised. about that. I'm I'm, so, I'm absolutely not surprised, but. Me, right. I refrain. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a good person to. Uh, well, I mean, it calls into question a lot of. A lot. We know there's fuckery going on, right? Of course. Um, we we know that uh, Hunter Biden. Uh, you know, he's he was uh, cozied up with this Ukrainian oil company, even though he has no oil. Thing. Obviously, they were paying him obscene sums of money because of who his father is, and so there was that relationship they had with uh you know the cronies from the united states that you know enslave and shake down the u.s citizens were cozying up to the cronies in ukraine who uh you know shake down and oppress ukrainian citizens uh it it, it should be it, it's no surprise and so you know there's these relationships that that uh, the bidens have with ukraine also with china as well that are suspect um you know it makes you wonder how how this is all connected right um and and then i remember that you know trump was i think accused of uh wanting a quid pro quo he was he wanted um uh the ukrainian i think justice minister or something like that to release some files uh, about their investigation into burisma and it's a the, this Biden uh, connection uh, if they wanted to get the foreign aid that they were promised. And of course the, the pro progressives made a big song and dance about this and, and said, you know, Trump's withholding promised foreign aid. Look at this cor corruption and collusion. And he's trying to strong arm the Ukrainians. And, and that's exactly, it distracted from the fact that the Bidens were doing exactly what the progressives were accusing Trump of doing. And, and, Obviously, there were some quid pro quo's going on there. So, uh, and, and then you you add into that our manual the fact that you have this coup that occurred in 2014 that has all the hallmarks of a CIA or, or uh, U.S. foreign policy uh, provocation going on there. Uh, you have, uh, you know, the fact that Zelensky has an opportunity had an opportunity so so imagine you're the president of ukraine and you've got these two regions crimea and donbass where the people have voted overwhelmingly that they want to be part of russia 
that they are they are ethnic Russians. They see themselves as part of the Russian nation. They don't see themselves as Ukrainians. Um, okay, you know, I don't know what the right thing to do in that situation is, but I know that if it'll end the killing with my people, if I just cede those two territories to Russia and broker a peace, why wouldn't I do that? Exactly. In fact, me, me, me. I see, I see three outcomes of this war. The Ukrainian people will either there be ruled and exploited by either Russian or Ukrainian corrupt politician. It's right. the two outcomes. But there's a third outcome that is, I think, even worse. They could all be nuked out of existence. Yes, which is a lot more terrible. And what's kind of enraged me and that you were talking about the pro the, the so-called progressives the, the the woke people those people are totally insane i mean most of those people probably i, I mean the people the, those people su uh, support that our government send help to ukraine they, right. they, they support that but most of them probably don't know anything about the history of ukraine well, a lot of them actually want our militaries to go over there exactly. and back up Ukraine. And, and, you know, it's, it's as if they want the world to blow up in a one yeah. nuclear blast, yeah. right? Most of them would have been unable to locate Ukraine on a map before 2022. But those people are insane enough that they prefer to do their virtue signaling about supporting Ukraine with their Ukrainian flag on their on their on their, on their social media profile, they prefer virtue signaling about that. They, 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 they care more about virtue signaling than the possibility of a nuclear war that could kill them. Right. It's our brainwash. I mean, those people are anything that can stop the war. I think is a good thing. You're. It's always. I mean. For a Ukrainian, of course, I would wish them to be free under the best possible political regime they can have. Ideally, no government. But they're better to be alive under, let's say, uh, a regime that is a puppet of Russia, like they probably had before uh, 2014, and right. be alive. Yeah, and having no war and having access to internet, uh, being able, I don't know, to buy Bitcoin if they want online, to immigrate aboard, to travel in Eastern Europe. No. Now they, they, they are at war for what? To decide if maybe it's going to be uh, 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 the, the Zelensky regime allied with NATO that will rule and exploit them instead. Right. That's totally crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, there's, I really feel for the Ukrainian people here because there's, it seems like there's no good way out of this. It's just like, um, what kind of oppression do you want and how bad do you fight for the lesser evil? Like how many bodies do you pile up so that you get the lesser evil? At what point is enough, there are enough bodies to say you've got the lesser evil? You know, Jimmy Dore had a, an interesting rant on it and I don't know how much truth there is to it, but he's basically said, look, the reason Zelensky isn't isn't doing the obvious things that would get him get peace that would end this war or bring these hostilities to an end um like uh seed 
um, Donbass and Crimea, for example, is that the the extreme right, the, the literal Nazis in Ukraine have issued a very credible death threat against him. They would literally kill him. He knows this and he would die. So, so Zelensky, you know, Jimmy Dore's explanation for why Zelensky hasn't done the obvious thing and brokered a peace for his people is that he knows it would be his death if he did that, because the Nazis in his country would literally kill him um, if, if they did that. But I, I, don't, I have no idea, you know, if that's true, uh, what, but, but it just tells me that like, th this is part of the problem we're facing here is that there's so many different angles to this. There's so many different stories that are going on. There's so much information, so much fake news, so much spin propaganda coming out of there. It's hard to know exactly what to make of it, but we go back to principle here and we say, okay, uh, what should our government be doing about it here in Canada? Well, the libertarian answer is nothing. It's, it's not, Russia is not invading us. No. Um, you know, we don't extort our own taxpayers. We don't point a gun at people and say, I'm going to shoot you and kill you if you don't give me money to support uh, uh, Ukrainians. We, we don't do that. That is, we consider that immoral. Uh, if we want, if you really are serious about supporting Ukrainians, if you're really serious about repelling this Russian invasion, what you do is you fund your own way over there. You get on a plane, you stand there shoulder to shoulder with the Ukrainians that are defending their, their property and their lives, and you start killing Russians and put your own body in harm's way. That's what you do. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that either. I'm not ready to do that, and I'm certainly not ready to kill Canadians for not willingly sacrificing their money for a war they don't even properly understand. Um, so... Yeah, you know, there, there we are. The sol the solution I see uh, is that the f the first and best solution would be to stop provoking those mess. Yeah, and that people have to understand that all those mess, it's are caused by government interventions, and that more government intervention will not will not. Uh, is not a solution it, it will only create more problem in the future and right now we face the possible unintended consequence of a, a third world war with nuclear weapon and we all know what it could mean it could mean that we could be literally killed whether it's a, in, a, in, in a nuclear blast or with the the, the afterward and as i said the fact that most people prefer to virtue signal rather than be afraid of that is totally i mean i mean yeah well and, and, I mean, let, 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 me let's look at uh let's look at nato right i mean why do we need nato anymore what good has nato done in the past 30 years well let, let's go let's go down the list we've got our nato allies going into iraq and trying to suck us into there we've got NATO allies bringing us into Afghanistan, creating a hellhole in both Afghanistan and Iraq, by the way. Our latest thing was NATO uh, bringing us, you know, into Libya to get rid of that evil regime there, Gaddafi. Did and, it work? And we end up with even more violent and evil extremists running that country and open goddamn slave markets in that country. I mean, how many more bodies need to be piled up to create uh, gl global war 
uh, before we realize that NATO might not be the solution to our problems here. NATO might not be the good guy. No, but NATO, world, is, right? NATO is an imperialist alliance. I'm sorry. Uh, again, in the paradigm of the nation state, I'm ready to accept the what we would call defensive alliance. Uh, it's totally, I think, acceptable in the status paradigm. But if you want to have a real, from a libertarian uh, standpoint in in the, in the status paradigm, if you, we want to have defensive alliance, the alliance, first, you, you must, you, you cannot be imperialistic. You cannot have a defensive alliance with some imperialist nation because they will drag you into imperialism. So right. I would agree with a purely defensive alliance, but NATO is not that. NATO is imperialistic. NATO, yeah, NATO existed after the, the Second World War. Why? Uh, oh, because they say that the Soviet Union was a threat. Yeah, but the, the same people that say that were the one that saved and supported and helped the Soviet Union to expand in 1945. Yeah. By the, 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 the allies of the Second World War uh, helped Stalin they helped Mao Zedong, and after 1945, they said, oh, communism is expanding everywhere. Yeah, you fucking stupid. You helped them. You gave them money. You, 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 Churchill who, who, who signed paper with Stalin saying, hey, you can have uh, that, 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 that. And, oh, but now we need NATO. I mean, how people can be... I'm sorry, but if you believe NATO is should never have existed i think well i mean look uh let's just go back to libya again for a second right um it was our country's decision to join nato in bombing libya that resulted that provoked two terrorist attacks on our soil one was uh, a gunman going into to parliament and shooting up parliament after killing uh nathan cirillo standing guard at a war memorial another was uh, a guy who Ran, ran over two Canadian soldiers in a parking lot in Quebec. Um, again, both of these guys cited Canada's involvement in uh, the Libya bombings, in the Libya uh, regime change for their, for the breaking point. They're like enough. We're, yeah. you know, you're, you know, and so again, nothing excuses what those terrorists did. Those were murders, cold blooded. Those people ought to be executed for their crimes, in my opinion. Well, I think one was by the the uh, that brave uh, old guy in Parliament there who did a diving shot and took him. Sorry, if I, I don't feel. I, I probably have a different feeling than you toward uh, uh, toward police, military, especially when they defend politician. Uh, I would not incite anyone to do violence like that. But personally, if 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 a, if a terrorist wants to do evil things, which I'm not supporting. Uh, I prefer that he, he does it against government officials sure. and their mercenaries, if, if, if they want, rather than innocent civilians. I'm sorry to say that. Well, that, that's a that's a fair point, but they're, they're murderers. They're, they're, yeah, no. they're evil people that, yeah, that yeah. should be removed from the face of the earth, and I have no problem with executing. Well, I will not try. I will, I will not try yeah. the death of, uh, of those terrorists. But again, these these um, murders likely would not have happened had oh, Canada had yeah, NATO yeah. not got involved with NATO. So, in what way was bombing Libya in Canada's best interest? What, what way did that help Canada out? It 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 
certainly uh, stole taxpayer dollars from uh, from Canadian taxpayers and funneled them into bombs that exploded lives yeah. in Libya. Uh, that so that hurt Canadians. Uh, you know, it, it it provoked terrorist attacks. So it, it's not clear to me exactly how NATO is helping Canada out here. Um, it also provoked the, the the migrant crisis, right? The migrant yeah, crisis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Europe is uh, overwhelmed with sure. uh, immigrant, and I don't blame individually those people. Uh, in an ideal libertarian society, I think every, everyone should be free to go wherever they want. But in the status paradigm, with a welfare state and uh, a mob rule democracy, I'm not on the side of open border. Uh, so, uh, well, I mean, let's be, yeah, I mean, you know, let's, let's be fair in a libertarian society where everything's private property, um, you know, movement will, for bad guys will be very restricted and movement for good guys will be very open because private property owners generally will let good guys on their property and not bad guys, right? If you own a road or if you own a commons or if you own, yeah, whatever. So anyways, uh, yeah, the, the idea that, um, we, governments are but this is just it on one hand you're going to get the the conservative who's like we got to bomb them terrorists and then that that creates a migrant crisis and then we got to close them borders i mean <laughs> you just anyways you're, you're working against your own interest anyway manuel we've been going at this for over half an hour now um any last thoughts before we uh uh, but no, I think I have said what I wanted to say. Uh, I, I'm curious to see uh, what uh, uh, what anger I will have provoked uh, among your listeners, uh, because I know that uh, even among libertarians, I know that a lot of people don't agree with what I say. So, but I hope that, that we can maybe have. Uh, I hope I, I if I can have if I have helped people to maybe uh, open their mind and move them. A little bit toward the all the, the non-intervention position. I'm glad about sure. that, and I thank you very much for uh, having uh, allowing me to have this conversation with you. Right. Well, I mean, if you get down to it, if we get outside the binary thinking here, um, I'm not sure you've said anything that controversial, really. I mean, you've said, look, Russia shouldn't be invading Ukraine. That's bad. NATO shouldn't be uh, engaged in fuckery and pro- provocation of Russia and destabilizing that region. That's bad. Uh, also, maybe NATO and the US and the CIA and various agencies and politicians shouldn't be engaged in fuckery in the Ukrainian government. Maybe it shouldn't be involved in coups and different things like that. That's bad. All those things are bad. And um, I think what you're arguing is that, uh, you know, maybe our tax dollars shouldn't be going yeah. to support the fuckery that's going on. And, and maybe if you want to defend Ukraine, you should put your your, your life and your money where your yeah, life is, I, where your I, mouth I, is, and actually <laughs> show that you support them by, here's here's an idea, let's take in some Ukrainian refugees, let's house them in our houses, yeah. let's donate to these good causes that that promote, let's go over there, uh, you know, and and um, donate money to, to uh, people that are defending their property and their lives and their home over there, if you think that's a good idea. But uh, uh, let's keep our governments out of it because nothing good can happen from our governments getting involved in this. Would that be a fair way to kind of summarize? People, the, 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 the sta- 
statist people are often, you know, generous. We, we, we often say that statist people, leftists, are often generous with other others people money. Of course. In the case of war, they go even farther than that in their crazy uh, mindset. They're generous with others people's money because the people that support right. uh, the, 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 the the war from the Ukraine. And they're, they're generous with other people's lives. They don't yeah, give a they're fuck with the life themselves because in order to, to do their vir virtue signaling, they're ready to have a lot of Ukrainian killed in yeah. order for maybe Ukraine to be ruled by Zelensky instead of uh, probably Putin's puppet. Emmanuel, that that's yeah. a small price to pay to signal my virtue that of what ah, yeah. Around, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, okay. Well, my heart goes out to the people in Ukraine, Me and too. Uh, I wish there that we had some um, clear, clear solution here. Ukrainian um, civilians. You know, uh, I, I wish it were as easy as Canada just dropping billions of dollars in foreign aid or something like that. And it, I, unfortunately, I don't think it is. I think it's Canadian and U.S. involvement in this is only likely to make the problem worse. And uh, that, that's been borne out historically uh, throughout uh, throughout the past century or so of, of absolute warfare propped up by central bankers and and the ruling yeah. oligarchs and different things like that. And so appealing to these same people yeah. to help out Ukraine after they're the same people that basically threw them to the wolves and are cheering yeah. for their slaughter is probably it, wrong. It's always better to be alive yeah, uh, than be dead. But the, the, the virtue signaling people are too dumb than too brainwashed to, uh, to get that. Fair enough. Awesome. Thank Manuel, you. thanks so much for joining us. And uh, folks, if you uh, if you want to hear more conversations like this, or by the way, if you totally disagree with Emmanuel and I are saying here, I want to have you on the show. I want to hear what you have to say. So uh, reach out to me, tim.moen at me.com. We'll have you on. Uh, if you want to debate Manuel, and you guys can go at it and I'll moderate. Uh, hey, happy to have you on. Uh, if, you, if you like conversations like this, you want to hear more of them, and you want to hear more about pushing the the paradigm, the status quo. Um, you want to hear more controversial stuff. I'm on the two free speech platforms out there, Rumble and Locals.com. You can support me over at Locals. Uh, Manuel said he had some issues uh, trying to support me. I'm going to get that fixed. Uh, you, you know, for the price of coffee, a cup of coffee uh, a month, you can help promote these kind of conversations, keep me going, uh, help pay for my time to do this and, and the equipment that I use and, and the guests that I, I need to reach out to get to. It all takes time and energy. Uh, I want to do this rather than work overtime for my socialist healthcare system. So ah. you can help by coming over to locals and supporting me. Uh, anyways, this is Tim Moen signing off from the Tim Moen Show. Thank you so much for joining us.